See, I kind of think it should be the big five. And I think Testament should be the fifth. Personally. Yeah, but was Testament, Testament as... Rule. I mean, they rule, but were they as <laughs> influential as those I, other four bands? I think on the... Yeah, I do think as far as the underground is concerned, Testament was really important. Mm -hmm. But okay. I don't know. I mean, that's not what makes something part of the big whatevers <laughs> well maybe whatevers um the, that's the also what, what people call us oh those <laughs> two big, big whatevers <laughs> the big whatevers dude oh my god that that yeah. right there is if we ever change our podcast name the big whatevers with dan yeah. and eric this is the show <laughs> where we ponder the big whatevers out the there. big whatevers dude that <laughs> oh my god we need to quit giving our, our secrets away on air, Eric. I feel like people are getting rich off of us at this point. I, um, really? <laughs> I, I mean, if they are, please contact us. We will do well, anything I in the it, world to yeah. help get that money <laughs> to us. Uh, so please. Whatever you need it. from us to get that money to us, I, just I, let us know. <laughs> if you need us to sue you. Then yeah, get just go ahead and get a hold of our lawyers for us. <laughs> Here are their numbers. Let them know that we, we need to sue you. The idea that this show would even have lawyers is just hilarious enough. Um, oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm sure it's like pro bono. Pre bono before you two had the singer that they have now. <laughs> yeah. You know, because right when they were on the edge of success. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, edge. oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Reluctantly, Eric. Reluctantly, Eric. So, yeah, that is uh, the my new introduction for, for oh. now. We'll see what happens. But what about, <laughs> what what is it usually? Greetings? Greetings, Earth. citizens of Earth. Oh, citizens. citizens. Citizens of Earth. I let, I let people Sizzlins know who live on Earth. I like Sizzlins. that. Sizzlins. I really Sizzling, do. Yeah, so do I. So do I. It's citizens really... of Earth. You know what? Let's just do it that way. Sons of Earth. Welcome to Accelerative Thrust. I'm Dan. And I'm Eric. And we've already been through that. I really honestly hope you don't edit the uh what we just did though. Like leave not, like the I'm not leaving any of this in. <laughs> None of it. It's None terrible. of the those of you who uh want to uh talk to us, we've got a Facebook and we got an Instagram. Content made right, Spotify, Transistor. Google and a bunch of other uh, platforms for streaming. Mm -hmm. Sorry, my intro is kind of choppy today, everyone. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, thanks not for listening. For long. Not for long. Yeah. Not for long. Yeah. Um, That's the sound I make editing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, yeah. So uh, if anybody has any um, uh, artists they would like us to cover, interview, review, you know, the interviews we want to keep local. We want to keep the Iowa, Illinois region. However, we review anything. Let us know. Just hit us up on uh, our Instagram or Facebook. Send us a message. Leave a comment. If you're in a band from this area, let us know, man. We want to hear about you. We mm-hmm. also want to hear you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let us know. Nice. Uh, today's episode, we're returning back to form after a couple of weeks. Yeah. We're gonna just we're gonna talk about records, Eric. Yeah, just some old dang records. Remember yeah. when we used to do that? December 13th. Mm-hmm. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Way back in 2021. <laughs> uh the old days oh back simpler times we're going back to the old days yeah there really hasn't been much um exciting music or strange news lately um Mm. i guess the only thing that i uh, really found was uh this little thing about tyler the creator who is one of my favorite artists he's more than just a rapper yeah he's one of the best producers um and his last album um, ended up on my uh, end of the year list. But mm-hmm. he made a comment in an interview where he said that he kind of was thinking, I guess he and ended up he was kind of joking about changing his name because his moniker, Tyler, the creator, was really dumb, which it is. But I like it. I think it's I think yeah. it's a cool name. Yeah. I, I enjoy it. But I guess he deleted all of these tweets oh. where he kind of talked about this. And then he wrote on Twitter, I never said I was changing my name. Are you stupid? <laughs> yes, he wrote on Twitter. We'll embrace my last name more, less Wolf Haley. Wolf Haley is kind of one of his personas or one of his hmm. alter egos, I think. I never said I was going to change my stage name. What your ears on, bro? <laughs> he then explained why he was using all caps with another tweet. All caps makes you think the person is mad or something. Ha. Wild, it gives off the emotion just being uppercase. <laughs> I call bullshit on that. I think he's using all caps because you can't say MF Doom's name without using all caps. There's a whole yeah, track. That's true. Yeah. There's a whole track, and Tyler the Creator is definitely an MF Doom inspired dude. When initially yeah. asked where Tyler the Creator originated, he explained that it was uh, from a MySpace page when he was 13. Man, that makes me feel old because <laughs> w- when MySpace was going on, I was like 26. He had three of them one was for regular friends, another was for something else, and then the third one was just ideas. I wonder what that something else is. I would put drawings and photos, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so he started using one more. uh, Anyway, none of this matters. Uh, The point is, is that he kind of alluded to the possibility of using his full name, Tyler Okonoma. I'm getting older. And I think when people get older, they start to realize shit. You just start changing is what he said. So anyway, bottom line is Tyler, the creator, I guess is not changing his stage oh, name. Okay. Well, I don't know. At least he gave, uh, gave us something to think about or worry about or have an opinion or something. People should just make shit up all the time. 
absolutely and you know what this gave us news yeah this week so because i really could not find anything there's something about i think there was something about kid rock or something i don't want to talk about kid rock yeah come on man i i don't care what the the news about kid rock is yeah i really don't care but (laughs) kid rock found his keys that he dropped in his yard two years ago that's about as exciting as it could get right dude if that was actually a news story i would talk about it on this show kid rock has hair i don't know kid rock returned library book yeah after 48 years to a delaware county library he doesn't have a library card (laughs) if he does it's at the budweiser library the budweiser library yeah yeah books about budweiser yeah yep i'm sure it oh my is God. he would they, not yeah support commie bullshit like uh, the library let's go ahead and talk about records what do you think All i right. mean we're talking about music we just haven't really gotten to records yet right yeah and there's a lot of tasty tasty sonic experiences here oh yeah like, go for it all right <laughs> all right nice oh man i love the professionalism of what we're doing right now professional so, jism professional jism <laughs> okay i'm gonna take a drink to that one dude i'm sorry i need a drink after that oh shoot oh man i hope the sparkling water kicks in soon sure sure I sure could really use the sparkle buzz <laughs> sparkle buzz oh, God. okay now let's i'm gonna go ahead and get this started now all okay? right mm-hmm so my first pick um, of the year in 2022 is from this group called Brockhampton. And the name of this record is Saturation. And it is the first of a trilogy, actually. There's Saturation uh, 1, 2, and 3. And uh, this is the first one. And it's also their debut album. Brockhampton is kind of this collective who actually identify as a boy band and they're kind of not unlike odd future or even like the wu-tang clan and that there's several members i don't even i can't even begin to name off all the members and i think that some come and go and i think maybe there's some you know switching out and you know people joining later they actually have like six albums total so far and uh, they actually came out with a new one this year and tw- or last year in 2021, which I didn't get around to listening to until like this weekend. So I wasn't able to really put them on my uh, year end list. But anyway, this is the debut album that came out in 2017. Um, and it is one of, in my opinion, the most exciting and interesting hip hop records from beginning to end. Uh, The fact that they refer to themselves as a boy band is pretty fitting, actually. The only thing I really know about these guys, aside from all of that information, is that the main guy who kind of oversees the production, and I think he also raps, is this guy named Kevin Abstract. And I love the production on this. Just from beginning to end, I think it's a great record. Um, there is some offensive lyricism that, I mean, I guess you could definitely 
I could I could see how it could be problematic, but I also think that there's also a lot of forward thinking on this record, just in terms of like sound. And also there is some inclusive things going on here as well. It's at least one or maybe even a couple of the members are gay Mm -hmm. and um, they rap about that or sing about that. And that's the other thing that's great is that another reason why um, this record is so interesting is that it starts off very rugged and very just like Mm -hmm. noisy, very reminiscent of something like almost like a Wu-Tang clan, like the first track called heat is just this really bombastic bass. And it's, there's a lot of cussing and a lot of braggadocio kind of going on. And, but it's, it's done really, really well. And the record kind of stays like that for a while for at least probably the first couple, three songs, but there's hints of like this pop sound kind of coming in as well. Um, And it's a very colorful, there's some auto-tune singing. Sometimes it's like noise rap. Like there are times where it borders on something like death grips, but not, I, I I would say it never really gets as extreme as death grips or even like i even hear maybe some like run the jewels kind of going on mm. sometimes it's almost like 90s like hip-hop type stuff like there's a little bit of horrorcore sounding stuff although it's definitely not a horrorcore record by any stretch of the imagination sometimes it's really up tempo and upbeat other times just almost like a dark trap style and then there's like always this sort of overtone of a psychedelic thing going on but then there's also some straight up singing and uh a lot of auto-tune kind of thrown in as well and it's i mean for me it's really just a great record and it's also in my opinion a great introduction to one of the most interesting collectives in like hip-hop pop the way that they're kind of doing like this weird sort of pop rap at times but then also doing like the darks the dark stuff it's kind of something that i never really heard done before in this way whatsoever Mm -hmm. um and i i think it's really cool it's also there's it's also just very catchy and just really well done i would say if you're a fan of like odd future uh jpeg mafia and maybe like, I don't know, something like Danny Brown or something, mm-hmm. you would probably kind of dig this stuff. But then also, if you're a fan of, there, I have no better way to describe it because I can't really think of any artists like, you know, that I would compare, like SoundCloud rap, you know, mm-hmm. or or whatever you want to call it. Well, okay, you mentioned like Lil, Lil Ugly Man on, mm-hmm. on your year-end list, Eric. Mm-hmm. Something like that, like maybe more so like the earlier stuff at times. Um, But, you know, I also hear some like indie rock influences Mm -hmm. and things like that. So I don't know. I I thought it, I think this is a really interesting rap record. When I first heard them, I didn't care for them. Um, Mm -hmm. So I actually heard them when they first came out and then I don't know, something clicked. And I actually listened to Brockhampton's entire catalog all six of their albums. I got to say the whole trilogy of saturation is fantastic. Cool. Uh, What did you think, Eric? 
Yeah, I did like it. It wasn't what I expected, though, because right. I heard, I guess it's considered a mixtape and not a record, but the All-American Trash release from sure. 2016, our friend Sean got me into that. Mm-hmm. And I really liked it. Um, it was a lot more aggressive, I feel. Way like, more. It, it, Like you said, like Run the Jewels and um, Death Grips and things like that. It still wasn't to that level at all, mm-hmm. but it was aggressive and heavy. And they really utilized a lot of people coming in and out um, mm-hmm. and all the different artists sort of showing up and being included and stuff. And then periodically it would slow down and it would go into sort of like, like a cloud rap sort of thing, or even like, like an emo, emo rap, but also just like emo too at times. But those seem to sort of be in spite of their sort of rowdy, almost party atmosphere that they were trying to bring on that recording it's not to say that none of the mellow stuff was there but it was like i said it just sort of seemed in spite of right other image and with saturation i felt like it was kind of that ratio was flipped yes it's way mellower and way Mm -hmm. calmer in general and honestly more sad feeling if that makes mm-hmm. any sense and so it's very like emo rap cloud rap uh all that kind of stuff kind of the drippy stuff i like but uh and it starts to feel like that's what they're putting out and the aggressive stuff is sort of in spite of that yeah. and it seems almost like they feel like they have to put that in there to stay somewhat yeah somewhat hard if that makes any sense or Mm -hmm. experimental or something even though the emo stuff is really pretty experimental there's a lot of pitch shifting a lot of vocal effects a lot of things that don't make a lot of sense which i think is awesome but yeah the production is super cool it's very trippy uh psychedelic like dan said overall very melancholy like I, i really feel like it has this sadness to it that is interesting. It's not misanthropic by any means. It's not like bedwetter or something like that is sad and wants to express that hurt and and have other people experience that hurt sort of. That's not what's happening here. So I don't want it to sound like this is a sad album. It, it's not. It just has this sort of yeah melancholy tone to the whole thing um but that's awesome and the songs that do get sort of aggressive they're they're good and they're cool and i love the production i think the first song kind of just threw me off because it's like it's an intense sort of song and everything but then you have someone come in and they're just screaming like fuck yeah. you, fuck you. Yeah. and you're just like whoa okay yeah, i don't know this like new where, metal element to yeah it it's like i don't know exactly where that came from because that doesn't really happen throughout the rest of the record not that <laughs> level of yeah aggress aggression i don't want to say aggression aggressiveness okay mm-hmm. i know that makes no difference to anyone but me but it, it to me it does make a difference <laughs> um but and so i really enjoyed this but at at the same time i wish they would just kind of lean into that 
uh, emo element a little more. And the thing about it is they have so many other records and this being part of a trilogy, maybe they do get there. It's kind of hard to make a definitive sort of opinion on it when I know there's so much more out there and I have no idea what direction they went. That is you know exactly, I mean? that is exactly why I think this is the record. This is the best record to introduce somebody yeah. to Brockhampton to. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I didn't, I didn't know if that you had already heard the mixtape or not. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh-huh. And I heard that mixtape also everything you said about it. Mm-hmm. I agree with. Yeah. All, all I can say, Eric, is mm-hmm. listen to the rest of their catalog. Okay. Yeah. And I'm more than willing to do that because it is good. And I can see elements of things that I really do enjoy. I- I'm going to say that my personal mm-hmm. favorite, I'll just tell you this, out of the mm-hmm. trilogy yeah. is Saturation 2. That's okay. my personal favorite one. Um, the only other thing I really wanted to say about it is on the first record, I felt like the group was represented really well. Like mm-hmm. there was a reason to have all those people. Yeah. And on saturation, I don't know if it's a combination of things or if it's just the fact that there's so much processing and pitch shifting. Um, but I don't really get the sense of this being the group of people that it is. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, like I said, uh, when I listen to the rest of them, maybe that is a, a moot point. But in this one record, it was kind of like, well, this could be any of them because they pitch shifted it or they, right, whatever. And so it's only one people come in screaming, fuck you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that's a different guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think I need to dig into the rest of the records a little more, but that mm-hmm. was sort of my takeaway was like, sure, this is a lot calmer. This is a lot more pop and uh, song based uh, non-hip-hop song based, you know? Sure. So, sure. um, it was really cool. It wasn't what I was expecting though. So, sure. Which is sure. fine. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. That's what's where you find stuff you really like is when you're not expecting it. So sure. Absolutely. Brockhampton doesn't owe us anything. Nope. They don't know me, <laughs> but y'all yeah. don't know me. <laughs> uh, speaking of unexpected things, do you want me to talk mm. about my record? I do. Okay, so this record seems to have quite an underground sort of cult following. I had never heard it. Um, My nephew told me about it um, because it was weird. Actually, it was us reviewing Farrah Abraham that led him to talk about this record. So um, (laughs) everything does. Yeah, everything comes back to Farrah. That's the, the slogan for our show. But yeah, the record is called Lift to Experience. The album is called The Texas Jerusalem Crossroads. It originally came out in 2001. So this is pretty old. But yeah, I'll just kind of give a rundown of what this is. And then I'll talk about what I thought about it. So Lift to Experience is a rock band from Texas. I think Brockhampton's from Texas too. So they are. This is the the Texas episode. Justin Comer's from Texas. not true. <laughs> yeah. um, that would be great if you yeah, were right. from Texas. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Just yeah, <laughs> I'm from Texas now, son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> or I guess they probably Let's go say get a steak. They, they say son of a bitch. No, I'm just son kidding. of a bitch. That's uh Louisa County. Uh no, but <laughs> okay. So anyway, <laughs> they are a rock band from Texas. They formed in 1996. Uh they played out a lot and got 
somewhat of a following. Um, then they got signed to a very small record label. They made this record in 2001, and then they broke up. None of this sounds that interesting, except that the album is a epic, sprawling concept album about the second coming of Christ, Jesus Christ, if you if you didn't know what I was talking about. The second coming. Yeah, not and, Dan Christ. No, or uh, John Christ from yeah. Dan Zig's band. Yeah, Alex no. Christ. Alex Christ from Closet. <laughs> God damn it, Dan. I'm never going to get through this. <laughs> okay, right. sorry. So this is a concept album about the second coming of Christ slash uh, Armageddon revelations, that sort of thing. And for whatever reason, it happens in Texas. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The album cover looks like a mid-90s hip-hop record uh -huh. um it's a terrible <laughs> no cover i love yeah i love it i can't believe it. it it's one of the elements of this record that keeps you coming back and saying what in the fuck is going on yeah. so the the music is very interesting um it's theatrical and beautiful um and like i said sprawling the songs are long there's elements of shoegaze here, indie rock, post-rock for sure. I would not be surprised if somehow Live to Experience influenced some other post-rockers. Um, but that's not all that's happening. I mean, the indie rock element of it is strong. I think it is probably the, the defining element of the record all the way through. Um, the singer does periodically sort of talk, and it's almost funny. But it's not like if anyone out there is familiar with uh, John Wayne, uh, <laughs> Texas Funeral, it's not unlike that, but it is extremely not like that at all also. Um, but you do have this sort of insane, funny concept to the album, and you do have elements of that presentation being somewhat funny as well. So I don't think it's taken completely seriously, but it's taken really seriously too. So... Um, but yeah, the really long parts, really long songs about, yeah, Armageddon happening in Texas. Um, and it's really pretty. I, I think that the reason it's become a cult record is because, you know, the band broke up almost instantly after it was released in 2001. And I, I think it, it, the singer also sort of disappeared from, the public eye, sort of like a neutral milk hotel sort of thing, you know, just like this person makes this amazing piece of art and then disappears and doesn't really want anyone to talk to them about it. Um, but yeah, I would say it's really cool. I listened to this a, a few times now, and I, I think it's as good as anything else that came out at the time, if not better. But yeah, I think it has the best parts of like Tripping Daisy, The Strokes, Godspeed You Black Emperor, Modest Mouse, Slint. Um, I think it is a slightly more experimental than a lot of that stuff, but it's like deeper and richer than those too sometimes. Like they really go a lot of places. I, I've i never listened to Pavement, but when I've overheard someone else listening to Pavement, that's sort of what I think this sounds like a lot too. 
the singer has a really nice voice, uh, kind of like Tom York or Jeff Buckley, or believe it or not, Bono. I know that sounds mm -hmm. terrible, but it is a vocal style. And um, yeah, and maybe a little bit of toadies in there too, but that might just be the Texas rock feel of it at times. Um, yeah, I don't really have much to say other than this is a record that is being revisited and uh, people are are really into this idea that, you know, it was an amazing thing that just sort of bubbled up and died. And I think that's interesting. What'd you think, Dan? Yeah, this is, um, I had heard of Lift to Experience a long time ago. Actually, mm -hmm. um, Brian Barr, I think, was a fan of them back in the day, hmm. if I remember correctly. Uh, I know that our mutual friend, John Spaulding, was really into these guys. Hmm. And when you mentioned this band, I was like, oh, wow. I haven't really heard of these guys since like the early 2000s. Right. And it's like, and then I looked it up and realized that there was like way more of an interesting story than I ever thought with these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that you said, as far as the description goes, there really isn't much more i mean i can really add to that i think that this is like elements of like post-rock like midwest emo indie some americana and shoegaze even a little bit of noise mm -hmm. like the artists that i wrote down that i think people could potentially get into this record if they're fans of was like sunny day real estate particularly mm -hmm. the album how it feels to be something on mm -hmm. um Radiohead, Slint, Wilco and Sunvolt, hmm. and Drive-By Truckers, yeah. particularly the spoken word Drive-By Truckers material, hmm. and okay. John Wayne, <laughs> right? <laughs> as you mentioned, because I was like, okay, there's this weird element of like spoken word, and it's not gibberish like John Wayne, like you were saying. <laughs> It actually has like a purpose. Hmm. Like there's obviously a reason why they're doing this. And also gospel hymns. And hmm. like, as far as the guitar tone, yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. There's mm -hmm. reverbs, like the guitar tone sounds like glitter at times. For it's sure. just really, really good. But as you said, I hear the Texas in there and hmm. Don't forget when you mentioned Tripping Daisy, Tripping Daisy is also from Texas. Oh, for real? Okay. I they didn't are. realize that. Yeah. They're from Texas. That makes I sense. Pretty sure. And then the Toadies, yes, only because of the religious sort of feel sure. more mm -hmm. than anything. But also, I could hear like some flaming lips, like kind of going on. Sure. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. I mean, this is, but what I am going to say is, that's a recommended if you like it doesn't sound like any of those at the same time yeah. it's totally something this is a monster that stands on its own man mm -hmm. and i mean it's it's a double album i i would say exercise a little bit of caution it can be very intimidating especially when you look at that it's a double album mm -hmm. and some of the songs are almost 10 minutes long yeah. but it doesn't really feel like it and it's yeah a very rewarding listen if you have the if if you're willing to sit down and actually listen to it if you mm -hmm. like all of that stuff 
but I think it's also a very specific type of thing that mm-hmm. very specific type of music people are going to get into. Mm-hmm. If you were a fan of Slint Spiderland, this is like Slint Spiderland on like on steroids. It's just in a in a way, uh, but it is like you said. It's got that re- the religious theme, mm-hmm. you know, and it's beautiful. It's it's honestly one of the most beautiful pieces of music I've heard, like from a guitar band. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. it's so good. It it and it's it's even better. I think that as you said, it comes from a place of just pure mystery. Like, yeah. Like what happened? Why, why did this band break up? Did this record freak these, you know, cause, cause <clears throat> even like, I find that a lot of like weird sounding stuff like this has backstories and I'm not necessarily one to get into like, you know, what are these people lives right. like in the right. music, but when it's from a, Uh, an album that is so just like WTF like this. Right. Yeah. I I can't help, but think about like, okay, what was going on? And Mm -hmm. because it's a, it's a trio. This band was, Mm -hmm. what was going on in their lives that inspired them to make such a piece of music. Right. And that is also what I think of Slint Spiderland. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's also what I think of tools Anima. Hmm. You know, um, that's what I think of the drive-by truckers when I listen to like, you know, their, uh, their double album, Southern rock opera, when it's, when, you know, such an interesting piece of music exists like this. And then all of a sudden, poof, it's gone. Like no yeah. follow-up, no explanation. It does make me want to know the backstory of the people in the band. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Really, really great pick. I really enjoyed cool. it, Eric. Well, and we can thank my nephew for that. Um, <laughs> thank you, nephew. Thank you, nephew. So let's get into our local pick, Justin K. Comer and the Unblessed Rest of Us. Justin Comer is an Iowa City uh, multi-instrumentalist. Went to school here. I know Justin from working at a music store. So Justin Comer generally plays saxophone, very awesome sax player. Uh, In this uh, project, Justin plays uh, the guitar and a radio and a Zoom uh, pedal, (laughs) multi-effects pedal. Justin K. Comer and the Unblessed Rest of Us is filled out with the other players, Will Yager, who is... um, I don't think he lives in Iowa City anymore, but he was a um, student here at the university, plays upright bass. He's a very um, experimental uh, bass player. Um, I've got to see him quite a few times. Him and Justin also play in a band called Wombat. Um, And then Jake Jones, who is the drummer of PSYOP, drums on, well, at least the old recording drummer from PSYOP. And then Gabby Vanek, not playing the bassoon, but just on electronics. Ooh, we had Gabby on this show. Yeah, yeah. So that's a pretty cool band. And yeah, Justin Comer also actually puts on the I Hear, I See program, I guess is a word, here in town, which is sort of like a 
interesting music showcase. Um, there's also a podcast that goes along with that called I Hear, I See. And Justin also has a podcast called Rock Hard Caucus. Um, <laughs> and it's like a political podcast. So anyway, I just wanted everyone to know who Justin was. Uh, but to get to the record, Justin K. Comer and the Unblessed Rest of Us, it is really good. I think it's really thought out. It, I know that it's probably improvisational, but I don't know how much of that is complete improvisational or if they had an outline or at least segments or parts or sounds that they wanted to hit or even an overall arc that they decided to follow. Regardless, it comes off as something that's really well thought out. And honestly, with players of this caliber, I mean, they might have sheet music. I have no idea. I'm guessing not. But um, it's cool when you know the players know what they're doing um, because it kind of excites the imagination to think of, well, how did they accomplish this? When it comes to uh, people that, yeah, sort of have an idea of what's happening, it's like, for some reason, that's always exciting to me. But yeah, I really like the movement of everything. I like uh, how things sort of do move along. It's not just this sort of stasis feeling that um, improvisational music can sometimes have. They're not just stepping through the arc of the whole thing. You know, they're not just like, oh, now we're at the noisy, loud part. And now we're at the quiet part. I think this moves around a lot and does a lot of things. And I think a lot of that comes from Jake's drumming. I think that a lot of times, in, if you have a drummer in this kind of music, it does kind of propel the entire thing. And it sort of makes it a little more cohesive um, and have some direction and structure to it. And I think that really does a lot. Uh, the drums, to me, kind of tie it all together. And I also really liked the sort of sonic palette of the whole thing. I think that because in a way they followed almost slightly closer to a traditional rock band sort of idea where you have, when you break it down, you have a guitar, a bass, drums, and essentially the electronics take up the rest of that sonic space. I think that it kind of has that feel to it at times. It moves a bit like maybe not rock music, but maybe like metal. Um, and especially with the drums, they, they, there are essentially blast beats, you know, at, at times there's also a lot of sort of jazz elements to it too, you know, especially when you get something going between the drums and the upright bass. But yeah, I would say that this is your kind of music. This is one that really covers the entire spectrum of sound and it is super engaging because of the way things are tied together and the movement of the whole thing. I just keep saying that, but it really is kind of what worked for me in this whole thing was just that there's a propulsion to this music that sometimes is missing uh, from this kind of presentation. So I, I liked it a lot. And it's, like I said, it's hard to always stay up and excited about some of this music that seems like it has, it's very hard to latch onto. Um, but this one sort of rises above the rest of them and sort of is cohesive enough to latch onto it and have a really enjoyable experience. So yeah, what'd you think, Dan? Yes, I really enjoyed listening to this. Again, like uh, <clears throat> sort of like Lift to Experience. 
it can be, it can look like it's going to be a very intimidating listen. And to a lot of people, it probably will be. But again, if you get through it, the rewards are just so high. It's, I struggled at first with even trying to explain this, which I love because that means that I'm being challenged mm -hmm. with my ears. First thing I noticed, of course, is the musicianship uncanny. It's got some of these elements of free jazz, jazz. There's maybe some electronic kind of going on. I definitely would not put this in the category of noise because it, like you said, Eric, I think that it's a pretty calculated record. Like I mm -hmm. think it probably is improv for the most part, but like you said, with the level of musicians that they are, I wouldn't be surprised if they had some sort of plan, you know, mm -hmm. before they went in. Um, the other element that I really loved about it mm -hmm. was the sampling. Mm -hmm. All of the, um, it sounded like bits of like news reports mm -hmm. that had to do with pretty much, it sounds like everything that's kind of going on, you know, in our culture and mm -hmm. kind of going on right now. So that added this feel to it of like apocalyptic doomy kind of mm -hmm. sci-fi. Yeah. Like at times it sounds like a straight up score to like a dystopian existence. Mm -hmm. Like it's very cool. And I could actually see this being used as like a score to a movie even yeah. like this. It's very like, it's got that sort of undertone to it. Like mm -hmm. parts of it reminded me of something that I would see on like, I don't know, like they live or something, mm -hmm. you know, like, Oh, I mean, they live was more synthy, but you know what I'm saying? Like sure. if there was like an updated version of like they live or, or like, I don't know, have you ever seen the movie beyond the black rainbow? uh-huh yeah things like that like th there's there's totally this like or if they did like an adaptation of like dr blood money the Vil philip k dick book or something hmm. like just really some some science fiction sounds kind of going yeah on, cool which i think is just that's an element that i love in fact to be honest with you like that element of it and the samples mm -hmm. is not that the other the music is in interesting enough mm -hmm. but to me that was like the icing on the cake that mm -hmm. that added an element to it where i'm just like whoa how did they do this yeah. what are they doing here like mm -hmm. there's parts where i genuinely have no idea what's going on I mean, I literally have no idea what instrument is being played. I right. literally have no idea like what <laughs> it's, yeah. it's my, it's mind blowing at times. Mm -hmm. And it can, again, I'll kind of warn that, like, if you don't think you have the patience to sit through something that kind of builds up and then eventually, and I'm talking sometimes it can take six to seven minutes to get mm -hmm. to like this. I don't know, climax, I guess. Sure. Mm -hmm. This probably isn't the record for you. But if you're into this kind of stuff, like you said, Eric, and even though I wouldn't call this drone, mm -hmm. I, I think there's elements of that. Sure. 
Yeah. But if you're into like, okay, like even Godspeed, like mm-hmm. I could almost like compare this to parts of like Godspeed mm-hmm. or another thing that really came to mind was the production from Octopus in the group Dial- Dialic. Mm, yeah. Have you ever listened to yeah. Dalek? Mm-hmm. There's yeah. elements that reminded me of that, like the production style of that. Right. And it's just really like, yeah, man, very masterful, man. This, this yeah. is, this is really good nice. stuff. This is, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it, Eric. Yeah. I, I never really even thought about the, um, the almost industrial element of the whole thing, but yeah, that's yeah. a really good point is that this is, not dissimilar to some some of the more um experimental or ambient sort of tracks that some of the industrial bands did do like skinny puppy or absolutely uh things like that so or even even nine inch nails yeah yeah absolutely i I never even thought of that aspect of it but i can definitely see that because you do have basically two people running electronics and sam yeah yeah Um, and that yeah. I think that that element of it, um, just to add to to add to that point, mm-hmm. um, the element is only enhanced by the samples, the yeah. news samples, the the talking. And there's a lot of times where I feel like they utilized it so well on this record. There are a lot of times where I feel like that is just kind of used as like I don't want to say filler, but it's used mm-hmm. as just like I don't know. Like, well, let's just put this cool part. I feel like there was actually a reason why they were using that the way that it's sequenced. Like there's, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, uh, maybe they just kind of threw it on there, but I, I feel like they kind of used the samples that they put for a purpose in the areas where they put them, you know? Yeah. Like I kind of got that feel. I kind of mm-hmm. feel like they thought, well, okay, this part sounds like this, you know what I mean? Could be. We'll have to maybe ask Justin about that sometime because sure. That'd be great. Cause he is listed as playing the radio. And when I saw him, he did just kind of use whatever the rate, whatever was they were saying on the radio. So So he, so it's like, he's mm -hmm. using the radio as an instrument. So I don't know how planned out at least what, was being said was i have no idea wow. so might be something that we'll have to find out because dude yeah yeah I absolutely i would love to talk to justin and, yeah. and whoever else about the making of this i would yeah. love to hear it cool. being broken down well i'm sure we can probably make that happen so i think we should nice yeah there's not a lot going on as far as shows this week well, I, I do know that a couple of them unfortunately coming up have gotten canceled oh really well mm-hmm. you might have to tell me about those well i know the one the closet cl- witch yep the closet witch psyop show got canceled damn all right well everybody i will tell you about the shows that i have and maybe verify with the venue that they're still happening because yeah uh, there's a possibility yeah. that uh, any of these might be canceled yep but anyway here we are and it's 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 time for the local calendar, local show calendar. Uh, there aren't many, but today, the sixth of January, this is at the Raccoon Motel. I don't think I know any of these groups, but some of them are local, and they seem 
kind of cool. So free Truman, vanity plate, road soda, and the pivots um, are playing at the Raccoon Motel on Thursday the 6th. On Friday the 7th, we have the Midlanders with McKenna Alice or Elise, I'm not sure, at Lefties. Uh, looks like, yeah, Dan said the Closet Witch show is canceled, so that's not happening Saturday. But Saturday, there is a show at the Gas Lamp, um, Molten, Safe Space, and Non Grata. Again, hmm. that's at the Gas Lamp Saturday night. Also, Saturday, this is a weird one. This one is at the Octopus, and it's called Deep Dive. An introspective electronic music experience. Hmm. I don't know, but it features Obey Gray, Obey Gray, DJ Mace, and Hive Mind. So huh. I don't know exactly what an introspective electronic music experience will be, but it's happening. Yeah. Um, that's Saturday at the Octopus. So then let's see what day this one is. And then Sunday at Wildwood in Iowa City, a bunch of heavy metal fit for an autopsy with Ingested, Enterprise Earth, Swines of the Swarm, and Great American Ghost, and Drowning Life. So... It says it starts at six, so apparently that show's gonna go till four in the morning. That's a lot of bands, but anyway, <laughs> that's at Wildwood, and that's all I got for this week. I did have more, but things keep kind of falling off, so yeah, we'll just have keep, to keep trying. Things you know. keep falling off, there's you know, a bunch of stuff happening that, yeah, is out of everyone's control, it seems like, so yeah. So yeah, that sounds like, you know, if any of those shows do actually happen though, any one of them sound like a good time. Yeah, I think so too. So um yeah, yeah. yeah. So nice. 2022, Eric. Here we are. Here we are. There we are. Do you 20, think it's gonna be any better now? 22. Uh do I think it's gonna be better. Hmm. Um this is gonna sound cheesy, but mm -hmm. I honestly think that all we can really control is how we respond to things yeah do i think things are going to get better no mm -hmm. i don't do i think that my response to the world could be better yeah i do absolutely i think, I think that um i'm i'm starting to really accept that some things are out of my control and i think mm -hmm. all of us have to start to accept that because uh-huh I think it's kind of driving us all nuts trying to control well, our world. At, at the yeah. end of the day, we have to just keep living our lives mm -hmm. at some point, yeah. at, at some point, because otherwise, like you said, we're just going to be driven crazy. By yeah. this. So, it's already happened. Yeah. So, so I yeah. think uh, 2022 might be the year that we all have to uh, sort of give up some of the bullshit and uh make some hard changes in ourselves yeah <laughs> as a as a world and a country and a as individuals you know i yeah. think that we, we we need to start doing better instead of relying on 
other institutions to do better for us. Or I agree 100%. So I honestly, I agree with you so much there, Eric. Yeah. Well, do you think things are going to get better? I think that my, my answer is not too far from yours. When we start accepting the fact that things are going to be here that we don't like and that we don't have any control over mm-hmm. at the end of the day as individuals and that yes certain institutions and things like that we we can't let um you know overrule and uh yeah i i agree yeah. with that oh geez so that's oh. that's all that's i'm all bullshitted out now. oh yeah that's the end of my bullshit too the end of end of my bullshit <laughs> <laughs> by the way that um <laughs> that was a good point about live to experience looking like a like a no limit album yeah isn't that record cover like, <laughs> so stupid. terrible but oh. it's it's great too it's mm. like it's better than the farrah abraham cover uh I, oof, oof. I I think they're equal. I I do you really? But I have a hard time deciding which one's worse. Yeah, I guess that <laughs> the Fair Abraham cover could have been a cash money or loan no limit. You know, the difference though is that one is on purpose and self aware, and the other one is. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so in Wait. that sense, yeah, uh, I don't know which one's worse. <laughs> I don't either. I thought I was uh, zeroing in on an on an opinion, but alas, Dude, I don't have that, an opinion. That would be an interesting episode if we did like our top ten favorite album covers. All right, I would yeah. love to do that. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, there's so many I can think of. You so wanna, many I can. Want to do it next week? <laughs> do you want to? I don't know. We wouldn't have to listen to any music. That's true. Let's do it. Let's do <laughs> you it. heard Let's it do here it. first. Folks. You heard it here. We're we're making plans on the air, folks, <laughs> for the next episode. No surprises from here on out. Yeah. Like and that, that Radiohead cool. song. Yeah. That that's actually one of my picks. The no surprises single. <laughs> really? No, I, I don't know what that looks I like. I don't even know what it looks like. <laughs> oh man, that's funny shit. It's just his face under uh, in a sink full of water. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that the video? Yeah, that's the video. He's yeah, in that's a it. sink sink full of water. Yeah. He's in like some sort of sink. Tom's like, wet face. That's yeah, Tom's wet there. face. Well, 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 folks, that about does it for us. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! (laughs) Again. I don't know exactly what an introspective electronic music experience will be, but it's happening. I think it's it's a cool name. Yeah. I, I enjoy it.